Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde's podcast. After my latest episode about dating, I received so many requests and you guys were asking me to invite another expert and you would love to talk more about dating. So I've invited John Gray, who is the author of most well-known and trusted relationship book of all times. It's Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venice. And before you go to couples counseling or anything like that, I highly recommend you to listen to this episode and don't skip because John explains a lot why women can act a certain way, why men can act a certain way, why relationship issues might arise, and why and what it's all about. So in this episode, John and I will be talking about how to get everything you want in a relationship, how to keep his attention without scaring him away, how instantly feel more loved or loving, how to meet high quality men, how to diffuse a man's anger, is it normal in a relationship, do soulmates exist, how to find one, five stages of dating, why men pull away after sex, and what you can do about it and so much more this episode is very very interesting guys but before we dive in don't forget to subscribe rate and review not basic blonde podcast on apple podcasts hi john welcome to not basic blonde podcast how are you today thank you so much happy to be with you thank you so much for being my guest and you've been a legendary author because your book has been because so many generations and so many people are known about this and it's just been so epic. So we would love to know more about you and what inspired you to write this book. Well, as a marriage counselor, I saw that around in, in the late 70s, 1970s, early 80s, everybody was saying that men and women are the same. And it was very confusing because psychology was giving good ideas for women, but they thought the same ideas should work for men. And then a lot of relationship books came out back in the early 80s, so many relationship books, and they're all explaining everyone should be like women and men should be like women and talk more about their feelings and open up their heart. And, and some of the wisdom was there, but a lot of it was wrong. And we, so when I came in as a marriage counselor and I said, throw out everything you know, in a few sessions for many, many people, I set them straight and their relationships became better. Because when you, it's, it's not that people just were trying to make men and women the same. It's that we really didn't understand how men and women were different. You know, uh, 50 years ago, everybody knew men and women were different but they sort of had different worlds. And 
the consciousness on the planet has gone up. We want more. And the way I define it is we have masculine in every side. Every woman has a masculine side and a feminine side. Every man has a masculine side and a feminine side. And if I don't understand what a woman's feminine side needs, then she's going to be not so happy in the relationship. And if she doesn't understand it, and same thing, men, uh, if you don't understand what makes men tick, what makes men open their heart, what makes men more romantic, what makes men do more for you, if you're a woman, <laughs> then men become lazy. You know, it's, it's one of the differences between men and women is it's like men have a gene that says, never do anything you don't have to do. <laughs> so if I have to go to work today then to make money, okay, I have to do that, I'll do it. But if I don't have to do something, why waste the energy? And women don't have that gene so much. Women are, you know, today, when I look at women who are not happy, they always say things like, I have no time. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Women feeling all the time I have to do. That causes stress in women. And when men don't know what to do to create the best result, that causes stress in men. So I explain to men how many women what women need, not what he thinks she needs. So one of the classic ideas of Men Are From Mars that became kind of a universal thing was when women are talking, often they don't want you to interrupt and offer a solution. You know, men are like gunfighters, you know, as soon as there's a danger, pull the gun and say, solve the problem. Or firemen who want to put out the fire right away. But let, let her talk more about what's going on and that will actually make her feel good. And women did not understand uh, one of the basics, and I think it's one of the most important aspects of, of Men Are From Mars, is to recognize that men uh, need to go to their cave. That means, in a sense, men are a little schizophrenic. They, they want to be close to you, and then they need to be away from you. And then they want to be close to you, and then they need to be away from you. And if you, if you realize all the subtleties of that, that makes a relationship so much easier because women thrive on feeling connected. Men thrive on feeling separate and then connecting and then separating and then connecting. These distinctions are really helpful because when a guy pulls away into his cave, often a woman thinks, what did I do wrong? Or how do I get him out of the cave? Or we're having such a good time together. Why isn't he calling me now? What went on? And so I can explain it in terms of Quite often, men think differently than women. And when we have a better understanding of that, we can create something which previous generations have never created, which is lasting romance. Now, I've been married 34 years to my wife, Bonnie, and we had great sex for 34 years. And so many couples, uh, they stop having sex. They stop feeling that attraction to each other. And it doesn't have to go away. But historically, particularly for women, the desire for sex would go away. Uh, you know, and women often said to me, where are the romantic men like Romeo and Juliet? And I say, they did not exist. Romeo and Juliet had romance because they died the day after their wedding. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, how to create that passion. And everybody wants it these days, but a lot of people have no idea how to create it and they're doing just the opposite of what works. So I wrote, you know, you can see my books behind me, Men Are From Mars, of course, is the most popular of all of them. 
but I've been doing this 40 years. So I've written a lot of books all about dating and sex and family and emotional intelligence. All these things are very important. It's really like we're entering a new world. If you want a different result from your parents' relationship, you have to have new skills and they're not that available. And today it's harder than ever, particularly if you're in America. In America, uh, they think identity is a choice. There's no choice in terms of biology. If you're a woman, you have a biology which is different from a man's that regulates your mood. It regulates your sexual desire. It regulates uh, uh, what you're upset about, what you're not upset about. And it's very different. Uh, women are ruled particularly their mood is greatly influenced by uh, what day of the month it is. <laughs> and this is reality. And uh, she needs a certain amount of estrogen at certain times of the month. At other times, she needs more progesterone. And there's behaviors in a relationship that regulate estrogen and progesterone. Women are very relational. Men are not as relational. They're more in relation to work and uh, producing results. Not that women can't produce results, but when you produce results, you feel confident. Okay, there's a fire, I know how to put it out. Uh, there's a danger, I can solve the problem. Whenever men have confidence, I can solve the problem, a hormone gets produced called testosterone. Now men need their biology. This is, we're born with this. There's no choosing this, you are a man, you need 30 times more testosterone than a woman, period. Otherwise, you're moody, you're unhappy, you can't be committed, you can't stay in a relationship, you're confused all the time, all, all this, you get angry. Ironically, anger, people think that's high testosterone, actually that's low testosterone in man. So when you're confident as a man that you can solve problems, your testosterone goes up. If it goes down, you're moody, uh, you're stressed, you're, you're unable to feel compassion or empathy. Now for women, when their testosterone goes very high, because if women are solving problems and being very independent, uh, their testosterone goes up, but their estrogen goes down. And if women don't have enough estrogen, one, they can't be happy. And two, if it doesn't go high enough, she can't fall in love. And if it can't go even higher, she can't feel her desire for sex. So that's why in the bedroom, you need lots of foreplay often because women need uh, certain types of behavior from the man to produce her estrogen levels. And that's the whole idea of romance. It's an idea of foreplay and sex. It's about conversation. It's about being heard. So when women talk and they feel you understand me, estrogen levels go up and her stress levels go down. But men don't understand women. We don't. You can talk and we will say, well, don't worry about that. Well, that's not a big deal. Well, that's not a problem. Well, you should do this and you should do that. He's like doing business, you know, solving the problem, which often what women need, particularly today, more than ever in history, women need to talk and feel more about their feelings, about what's inside of them, their reactions to things, because when she feels heard, estrogen levels go up higher. Now in your grandmother's generation, she didn't need to talk so much. It wasn't necessary because her lifestyle was making estrogen. It wasn't she was feeling so independent uh, but she had other women, she was raising children, she's probably pregnant, you know, all that stuff produces estrogen. But today women don't have that. So they need romance to produce estrogen. They need communication to produce estrogen. They also need to have less stress in their life. They need to make better decisions and choices 
in order to produce progesterone. Too much testosterone production in inhibits your body's ability to have progesterone. Now these are all, I'm just talking biochemistry now. This is biology. This explains why, oh, there's so much confusion around sexes and there's so many complaints people have about relationships. But with understanding these new insights, we can, we can very quickly start falling in love and having more loving relationships. It's so, I love how you explained everything. And going to the nowadays, I feel like women have to solve so many problems. Like if I talk about myself, I definitely feel like I have more masculine energy, masculine energy. Yeah, definitely. Because I've been very independent since I was like probably 13 years old and I've been solving so many problems all the time. And even now, and even though when I was in relationships, I had to solve so many problems. And even though those guys would call themselves alpha males, but they wouldn't act the way they are. So I would still have to like solve the problems anyway. So, and I see that now women are so independent and I guess that's why we have like many relationship problems because they have a lot of testosterone going on, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm just looking at your set with all the clothes behind you and the pinks and everything. This is your soul wanting to find your female side. You know, these are feminine aspects. But when you're a woman and you're so independent and our culture pushes women to be that way, and I'm not saying women should not feel independent. I'm just saying it's going to be a source of stress if you're not also balancing it with feeling I'm dependent on something or someone as opposed to independent. And what you get then is a balance of interdependence. And you know, there's, there's an art to this. Uh, there's certain things that uh, make awaken more of the softness, uh, more of the femininity and love and joy and happiness and ease and comfort and delightful and smiles, all of that, that's the feminine side of us. Now, you know, I've got both, you know, I'm not saying men can't be over on their feminine side, but if they go too far their feminine side, they're lazy. You see, it's, it's testosterone is like, I'm gonna do this. I follow through on doing this and I feel good about it. So a big part of this whole dance between men and women is men have to find their fulfillment, not dependent on a woman at all, not dependent on the relationship. So many men don't feel good about themselves and they want a woman to make them feel good about themselves. And that will ruin a relationship. You see, I don't look to my wife at all to make me feel good. I look to my work. I look to my friends. I look to my recreation. Uh, I look to my spirituality. That all makes me feel good. And then making her happy makes me happier. So the baseline, I have to be happy. I can't look to her to take me out of my unhappiness. I look to myself for that. Now for women, it's a bit different. Women have to look to their life, but more about things they're dependent on, not so much what they do to feel good, but what they enjoy doing, like could be dancing, could be singing, could be talking to friends, could be having a coach or a therapist, spirituality, prayer, a lot of those dynamics where you're depending on someone. A doctor, for example, if you go see a doctor 
uh, let's say you have a health problem or you want to protect yourself from having a health problem and you feel this doctor is really going to help you, just talking to that doctor will raise your estrogen levels. Because whenever you depend on someone outside yourself to feel good, estrogen goes up. It's one of the reasons why women often eat too much. Uh, because if you're eating, <laughs> you're depending on food to make you happy, estrogen will go up, but you might get too fat. Uh, they're shopping. Also, women, a big stress reducer for women is when you go shopping, that's an estrogen stimulator. You're looking for something outside yourself to make you happy. That's very important. And but what, where women have to learn in relationships, they shouldn't look to a man to make her happy. She should look to a man to make her happier. That way, whenever he pulls away to his cave, you're not like feeling abandoned and, and you know, all by yourself. Well, wait, I was just holding on to you and now you just let go. So there has to be a baseline where you find this sense of joy and happiness through your friendships. And you know, historically, uh, women were happier than they are now. Uh, if you go back for a while, I know at least I can speak from my own experience, my mother, uh, a <laughs> very happy woman, uh, because she had a husband who had a good job and lived in a nice neighborhood. Uh, and she had seven children, six boys, you know, <laughs> she had a nanny to help, you know, <laughs> she had a, uh, a place she could send us a public swimming pool, go and play, you know, there were woods around. Uh, and she ring the bell, we all come home for, for, for lunch, you know, it was such a simple life. When, we're, when our lives are so busy, busyness stimulates testosterone and simplicity, routine, regularity, which many women would think today is boring. And it would be boring for women today, particularly because they're no longer just on their feminine side. They wanna be both. Nothing wrong with that, okay? Nothing wrong with that if you can find a way for women to hold on to your feminine side while you're over on the masculine side. And one of the easiest ways to do that is when you're on your masculine side to be able to anticipate when I come home, I will have someone love me. Someone will be there for me. And if it's, you know, I go back to again, previous generations, it used to be people believed in God and that's really, really helpful for estrogen production for women. If you truly believe that you're, you're talking, what is prayer, but just sharing your feelings, right? <laughs> There's somebody up there uh, and you're sharing and you're gonna get help, you're gonna be heard. That's magical. See, that's a huge estrogen producer, but we've become so scientific and so jaded and uh, religion has uh, abused spirituality quite a bit in many places in the world. So people don't believe there's a potential of having support. You know, my experience, part of my own success and happiness is both my male and female sides are fulfilled. Uh, I have a deep spiritual experience of knowing that everything that's ever happened to me in my life was for my benefit. And we can all look at that. We can look at our lives and look back and see, well, yeah, it, I didn't like that at that time, but had that not happened, I couldn't have learned what I learned. I couldn't have made it other decision. You know, my, my soulmate, Bonnie, I tried to marry her when I was 30 years old and she wouldn't marry me. So I married another woman for two years. And then that woman I married fell in love with some other man and broke my heart. Well, <laughs> it was devastating. And at the time I was teaching about relationships and I couldn't teach about relationships because I just went through a divorce. 
So I, I didn't have my livelihood. I didn't have any, how am I going to make money? <laughs> and, and the woman I love broke my heart, you know? So I was like feeling so rejected or falling in love with another man. That devastated me. It was terrible. But then I healed my heart from that. And then I became a new person, went back and married Bonnie. So she was my soulmate. I just wasn't ready. And she felt I wasn't ready. And she was right. You know, we have to learn lessons in life before good things, better and better things come to us. And so that's a spiritual belief. It's beautiful to know that, to, to, to trust that good things will come. Whenever bad things happen, good things can come if we learn how to heal our heart. And this is very important for women. What we've learned now in psychology, the foundation of all of modern psychology is, is really particularly for women. And that's what it's good at, not for men. They often feminize men, but for women, it's how to talk about what you feel emotional intelligence, to recognize that anything that upsets you, that's you. You know, if you put on a different pair of glasses, it wouldn't be so upsetting. And that we have to heal that tendency to overreact to situations. Or if we're on our male side, we will tend to minimize problems. But then in our relationships, if you're a woman, you'll tend to overreact, get needy, uh, feel upset about things, demanding, being critical. And what happens is when your estrogen levels go low, this is again, biology. When estrogen is low, because your hormone, you're producing too much testosterone, estrogen will go low. Your brain goes into a bias towards only looking at what's negative. See, this is like a, a and, and men can have this too, uh, particularly after sex, men will tend to have it if they don't, if they're not in love with a woman and he has sex with you, uh, he'll like you less. That's always the case. If, if a man doesn't love you and you don't love him and you have sex, it's unfortunate, but his brain will go right into seeing all your flaws and they become bigger. Well, for a woman, what happens is when she's in stress and she's too far on her male side, she doesn't have enough estrogen to see the good. So you can measure uh, when a woman's hormones are out of balance, her body will produce cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone. And it's like fight or flight, right? Danger. You may not feel danger, but your body's in a state of fight or flight. And what does the brain want to do if you're in danger? You want to look at what are all the possible bad things that can happen. See, it just makes sense. We go into focusing on bias towards negativity. And most people listening, if you think about your past, it's so much easier to remember bad things than good things. It's literally a survival mechanism is that if I put my finger in fire, then I have to remember that hurts. <laughs> so, so if I start feeling heat, I go, okay, where's the fire? Where's the fire? Be careful, I don't get burned again. And, and this is the way the brain operates when you're in a fight or flight mode. So a simple way of understanding this is there's a, a part of the brain called the uh, hippocampus. And that part of the brain is your memory. Now, have you ever wondered why men forget stuff all the time? And men always wonder, why does she remember everything? <laughs> why does she expect me to remember everything? They never well, remember our anniversary date. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So the hippocampus in women is usually twice as big as in a man. And a fun way of understanding the hippocampus is think of it like a library. And it has two stories. On the ground floor is all of the... Uh, positive memories, life wonderful together, going on days, honeymoon, uh, 
sweet moments, making love, all these wonderful moments. And then the second story is all the disappointments, the frustrations, the anger, the hurt, the betrayal, the lies, all, all, all that is stored on the second story. What we wanna do is mostly live our life in, in the ground floor and remember some of those things, but not to be obsessed with the stuff on the second floor. But as soon as your hormones go out of balance, your woman, your, your, or man, if you go producing stress hormones, then blood flow stops to the front part of the brain where you can see the good. And so it's literally like you go to the library, you get in an elevator and you go to the second floor and that's all you can remember is bad stuff. And not only do you remember bad stuff, you imagine worse stuff in the future and now you're looking for where is it? And so your brain goes into a bias towards negativity. So let's say you're a woman and you're going on a date and you've got on the date, you're thinking, I want to meet my soulmate. I want to see maybe this is the guy I want to spend my life with. Now, that's a terrible idea. And the reason it's a terrible idea is because as soon as you think about, I'm looking for the perfect person for me, your brain's going to go into a bias to, to say, are they the perfect person for me? Because I don't want to invest myself with somebody that's not the right person for me. So a simple example of this is, if you were to visit my home, it's a very beautiful home I live in. So my friends come and they, oh, amazing house, John Gray, he's got statues, all this cool stuff all everywhere. When I was a younger guy, I used to do tours. It was so funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, so a beautiful home. But if you were to try to buy my house, you'd actually hire someone to look at everything that's wrong with it. That's what they do now. As I, my daughter bought a house, we had to hire somebody to find out everything that was wrong. And that's what's going on in your brain when you go out on a date, if you're looking for the perfect person. So what's the option to that? Don't look for the perfect person. You can make lists and think and imagine. It's good to imagine what you want, but you want that visualization to become clearer and clearer. And the way you do that is to go on a series of positive dating experiences. Now it can be positive because you're not expecting it to be perfect. Just enjoy. And, and often women who are independent, they don't want to let the man do things for them. And like, they won't let him pay for the bill. And, you know, never let a man take you on a date without paying for everything. This is like, you have to learn the only way a man will ever bond with you is when he's doing something for you, not if you're doing something for him. Men bond when they do something for you and you're happy. And you bond as a woman and you produce more estrogen when you can say, oh, thank you so much. Oh, that was delightful. Oh, I had a good time. Oh, you did that for me. You made my life easier and more comfortable. That's the dynamic of going to your estrogen, Venusian, feminine side is letting a man do things for you, not feeling obligated to have sex with him. This is a big obstacle today, which is that a woman goes on a date, maybe she's not even looking for the right guy, the soulmate. Maybe she doesn't feel she's ready for that. Maybe she's not. But she's going to certainly size him up if she's of the, of the kind of woman that feels obligated and pressured to have sex on the first or second or third date. Because 
she's already sizing him up. Do I want to have sex with him or not? Rather than, do I want to have a fun time with him? Have him treat me to a dinner, take me to theater, take me to a play, take me to a movie, go for a walk, have nice conversation with somebody. You know, this is, instead of being lonely, have lots of interactions where you can feel, I can ask for help and get it. So we want to define why does, if you want more estrogen, you have to be able to define very clearly as a woman, why do I need a man? Because remember, estrogen is when I depend on someone for something, I can trust that they'll do something for me, that ease and comfort, I don't have to do it myself. Uh, that's estrogen producing. When you feel the pressure, I have to do something, uh, then it's testosterone production. So he needs to feel the pressure and he's gonna definitely wanna have sex with you, but you have, the, you, you have to like, we have to retrain men. They don't get sex right away. They gotta earn it. And, and it's not really like a business negotiation. It's truly when a woman feels you can see me and hear me in my mind, I can speak my mind with you and you're interested. I can open my heart and share my feelings with you. I can ask for things and you'll do things for me. That's, that's connecting in the mind, connecting in the heart. Then it's time to get naked. And if you get naked before you've gotten naked mentally or emotionally, he will have sex with you and never call you back or he'll be with you for a short while, but he'll never bond with you. When a man can see you in your mind and your heart and he's there for you and he hasn't yet had sex with you, What's happening, he's bonding mentally with you. He's bonding emotionally with you. And then when he has sex, after sex, men have nothing, okay? They, they, <laughs> they ejaculate and it's gone, okay? He can't, it's just the attraction disappears after sex for a period of time. And if, if during that time while well, the physical attraction goes away, he has a bond with you emotionally and mentally, then you may have a chance at an ongoing relationship where you can continue to grow. But these one night stands, it's harmful to your soul as a woman. Unless you just feel horny and you wanna go out and do it, that's your choice. But if he never calls you back, you should be, well, I had a good evening, just like a guy. Cause you're being like a guy if you wanna have a one night stand. And I don't encourage it in women, you, particularly if you wanna be on your female side, give up one night stands, you don't just, go out and have sex with somebody, you're, you're you know, I, I see it as taking your soul away. The, the female soul wants to, sex is a way of being naked with somebody. And if you're just naked physically, you missed out on your soul connection, your heart connection, your mind connection. So practically speaking, all these guys today and women feel so pressured to have sex. It's like, what's the big deal? We should just have sex. It's a big deal to have sex. You open your heart to someone. And if you don't already have your mind and your heart connected, then there's a, a disgust that men will have for you, a dislike. And they may not be aware of it. They just feel like, oh, I don't want to see you again, or I'm not interested in you, or the attraction's just gone away. But the bottom line is, when, when a man has sex, it's not just a woman opening her soul. There's a man's opening his soul too. And if there's no relationship, it's like you just put your gold out there and somebody threw it away. Uh, sex is sexual energy. It has to be reflected back. And that's what love is, appreciation and trust and openness and caring and sharing. 
you know, it's it's the goods, you know, it's the great, it's the big payoff of doing the work it takes to be a loving woman and to be a loving man. Then that's like the, the uh, it's the orgasm, you know, and for a woman biologically, what happens is they sort of are having what I'll call a male orgasm, which is they, it's like you get your vibrator and you go to town, you build a tension and you get a release and you feel pleasure. It's very animalistic. It's very uh, soul depleting. And unfortunately it's addictive. Just as porn is addictive to men, massively addictive. You know, whenever something's not good for us, but causes a lot of pleasure, we tend to crave it. Because the reason we crave it is because it's not good for us. See, when something's good for you, you don't crave it, you enjoy it. You don't have to have it all the time. So I did one whole talk on <laughs> too much sex. Uh, is this, we need more conversation, we need more romance, we need more foreplay, we need more affection. So, but it's so hard as a woman to say no, because uh, men are feeling so much pressure and women are wanting to be liberated women and feel so pressure. And I know I can start sounding like some kind of prude here. I have sex every day, I love sex. It's the greatest thing in the world as far as I'm concerned. But I see that people don't manage their sexual energy and it, and it inhibits their ability to connect and bond. You know, you gotta, you got to get to that point. So how do you save a man from his ego when he's putting the moves on you to have sex and you're trying to be desirable to him by pretending to want to have sex or <laughs> thinking you want to have sex? So it, it's uh, so much pressure on women to not be prudes, so much pressure on men to score. You're not a man. So what you're doing is you're making out with a guy only if you feel like it. And then what you do is you stop. You say, okay, I need to slow down. He says, why, why don't you want to do it? Oh yes, of course I want to do it, but I know it doesn't work for me to do it right away. I need to, I need to get to know someone for it to be really magnificent. And I'm so looking forward to that with, with you, if you are, but you don't do it, but you have to satisfy his ego. See, this is such a powerful tool because man's need for sex is really more about his ego that look what I did. She wants me that much. And, and I, I, I could have never told you this unless I had this experience with my wife, Bonnie. And it's got a lot of lessons in this little story I'm gonna tell you, I'm thinking about it now. And one of the issues when you're in a relationship, a committed relationship over time is women tend to give too much. That's your thing is you're give and give and give. And if you're not getting enough in your relationship, you give too much which means that that's a nice way of saying, really you're giving and you're expecting them to give you more, <laughs> okay? You know, if you want more, you give to somebody, you expect them to give more to you. That's actually sabotages the relationship. Whenever you give more to a man than you're getting, you're training him to give you less. You know, when women tell me, oh, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do the things he used to do for me. I, I go, yeah, that's awful. That's terrible. That's men that, that uh, Never do anything, you don't have to do thing. Men get lazy, particularly when their testosterone goes down and their estrogen goes up. But you see, when you're giving to a man and he's receiving, he's like the vagina. He's receiving, his estrogen goes up. Giving is actually penetrating and doing something for someone. Now it's okay for women to give only if you've received so that you're not giving to get. This is a hard thing, this is a life lesson learning not to give in order to get, but only give from a place of happiness and gratitude for what you got. And that's a beautiful life to live. 
But if you're a woman and you're not getting much in your life, there's this instinct that goes, if I just give more, he'll give me more. But see, he's a man. They don't do that. If you give more to a man than he's giving to you, he figures I must be doing a good job. I don't have to do more. So it's not like punishing him. Just start giving less to him, giving more to yourself so that you're happy. And then asking for things, asking for, you know, never, never when he says, what would you like to do this weekend? You know, women will often say, well, what do you want to do? And he'll say, well, we could go do this. And she goes, okay, no, don't do what he wants to do. Never do what he wants to do. You need to know as a woman what you want to do. So when he says, what do you want to do? So, oh, we could do this, this, or this, three things. And then you say to him, you decide. So once again, you're not running the show. You're depending on him to make that decision. These are subtle rules. This is like my book on dating is so good with approaches. Never let a man talk more than you. That's another one. How to communicate so a man's more attracted to you. Here's another one, which is many times in dating, women are people pleasers. Men are also people pleasers too. That's just a, a character quirk that most people have as people pleasers, particularly on a date. You want to sabotage a potential for connection and commitment and a good time? Be a people pleaser. Don't be a people pleaser. Be authentic. And some people say, well, I just love to give. And I said, that's probably because you're too insecure to ask for what you want. But anyway, it's the easy way out. Giving is an easy way out. And then afterwards, you get to complain and blame and resent. <laughs> it's a terrible pattern to get into. Anytime you feel you're not getting back what you deserve, that's your fault. Is like, you know, I invest in something, I lose my money. I can't blame them, particularly if it's I've done it before. I have to learn to give based upon what I have. So there's no going empty. So here's a good communication skill. You know, there's a lot of theory I put out in my books, but here's another practical tip. Before you want to be physically intimate, you want to be mentally intimate and emotionally intimate. To be mentally intimate, you don't be a people pleaser. Now, what a pe gives an example of a people pleaser. Oh, I forgot to finish the example with my wife. So she was always busy giving, giving, and then I'll go to people pleaser. And I said, honey, I would say to her some days, I say, oh, would you pick up my clothes at the cleaners today? And she'd go, pick up your clothes at the cleaners today. Do you have any idea of everything I do? I've got to do this. I've got to do this. <laughs> and I'd say, look, stop doing so much. You should ask for my help. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be overwhelmed. And, and she says, uh, and I told her, you have to be able to say no. And she says, it's hard for me to say no. I like saying yes. I said, okay, so we're going to practice in our relationship, you saying no. Now, a simple point to anybody, you can always, instead of saying no, you can say, oh, I'd love to, but I can't. That's an easy way to do it. Somebody says, oh, will you, will you do this uh, uh, thing for the parent association for the kids and whatever? A nice way of saying no is to say, I'd love to, I can't. And that's it. I love to, I can't. But even more direct, I told her, you don't have to be so soft with me. You can just say no. I want you to practice saying no, no, no. And I'm going to ask you to do stuff for me. And you say no. So she said, all right, I'll try. So that night I put the moves on for sex. And she said, no. <laughs> what? You don't want to have sex with me? She says, oh, John, of course, I'd love to have sex with you. But no. I said, why are you saying no? She says, I'm practicing on sex. And then I said, well, can we practice on everything other than sex? And she said, no. And I said, why? And she said, because that's the only thing you really want. 
but what I noticed is knowing that she wanted to have sex with me, even if she didn't, wasn't willing to have sex, I was like, I had sex, it was fantastic. That's where I really learned about the male ego. We're so tied up in sex. You know, this is, you know, you talked about alpha men. Alpha men are the in the monkey tribe, the alpha, all the females want to have sex with him. And here's what's interesting is in a monkey tribe, the alpha has twice as much testosterone as all the other monkeys. Then when he dies, one other monkey gets to be the king, the alpha. And in one day, that monkey's testosterone levels double. So he actually has more confident, he's a better person and so forth because all men's good behavior comes when their testosterone is doubling. Now for me, having a partner and knowing that I can provide regular orgasms for her doubles my testosterone. So I'm a 70 year old man who's got 50% higher testosterone than when I was a young man. And this is what, what is it? The most men at 50 years old, they have half the testosterone they had when they're a young man. It's like, it's such a basic, if you have a great sex life, you will have a lifetime of love. And we have to learn how to have a great sex life is how to keep our hormones balanced. You can't be a woman, fall in love and surrender and be what I call orgasmic, where you're not trying to have an orgasm. See, that's where the male thing you're focusing and you're trying to have an orgasm. You build up attention until your body lets go and it's over as opposed to, and that's what you do with your vibrators and vibrators destroy your ability to be orgasmic with a man. There's so many women who can't, you're using a machine, you know, it's just, I mean, what if you found out your boyfriend has sex with a doll, you know, just like what? And it's just so defeating. This is so just pouring your energy into fantasy. Well, for a woman with her vibrator, you need a man to do that for you. And you can ask him to do that for you. And But you want to first make sure you feel loved and supported and there's plenty of estrogen. So it's a feeling of I want. And so on a date, not to, not to go so fast with the whole thing, but when he's pu pushing you to go faster, you know, you basically, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I just like to go slow, you know. Why, why? Oh, you know, it's not as good. If I, if I wait, I'll be thinking about you and desiring you and make it sound really great to him. He'll be able to handle it. And then what you do is you practice the second thing I was mentioning, I was gonna to go to, which is how to communicate on a date. A woman said to me the other day when I said a woman should talk more than the man. She said, why would, why would he wanna hear me going on and on and on? I say, well, clearly he's had some men not want to listen to her going on and on and on because she's a people pleaser. She's adjusting what she thinks so that the person will like her as opposed to say what you think without trying to change the other person. See, that's the place where, where a disconnection happens is a man says something and then she goes, oh, why would you think that? Well, that's foolish. You shouldn't do that. that that's a turnoff. But let's say you have a different point of view from him and he expresses his point of view, then you have a different point of view. If that's your authentic self, you have to create a buffer and then be different. Differences create the spark of attraction. Always trying to please somebody is gonna kill your attraction if you're a woman. Now, a man trying to please you is much better, okay? It makes you special, increases your estrogen, helps you to feel trusting and whatever. But the key to it, particularly for women, is to be naked mentally, to be naked mentally. 
And the way you do this is and have it work is you can't just say whatever you think to be naked mentally because a lot of what we think is bad habits of trying to change other people, trying to convince them. So a man might say, oh, I went to see this and did this and did this and you're horrified by that. Well, you can't express those feelings. You have to go, why'd you do that? Well, that makes sense now that I understand it. And that's pretty good idea actually when I look at it from your point of view, but I have a different point of view. I think this and this and this. And then he'll argue with you. And then you practice something which is not arguing back, which is, all right, well, I hear what you're saying. That makes sense to me too. So these are called buffers. And we don't have enough buffers in our communication skill. And that's why we tend to hide ourselves as opposed to reveal ourselves, but do it in such a way where there's a buffer so that that person doesn't feel you're trying to change them or correct them or complain about them or reject them. I have to give a little example of this because you know I travel around the world teaching and I just uh, was teaching some seminars in Saudi Arabia. And now one of my friends, she's an American woman and her husband, they're my good friends. And we always, I give her a hug. She thinks I'm wonderful, whatever, kind of puts me on a pedestal. And then I said, I went to Saudi Arabia and it was amazing. I had dinner at night there because it's hot during the day. So at night, it was like two o'clock in the morning and there were a thousand people in the desert at these tables. Nobody was on their cell phone. It was everybody was relating. Everybody was actually having relationship, talking and sharing and laughing. I said, this was like one of the most harmonious community experiences I've ever experienced. And I certainly have not had it in America. And she became livid. How could you say anything good about Saudi Arabia? This is what they do to women there. Da, 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 da. I said, I know there's problems with that culture, but there's also benefits of that. We can learn a little bit from that. <laughs> she became so angry at me. Oh, I mean, she spent 30 minutes, but you know, don't you agree to this? I said, yes, I agree to this. <laughs> and she could not let it go. It's like, I would never go on a date with her. I mean, after that experience of her, you know, wanting to try to change my point of view or being disappointed with my point of view. If I come back to this idea of dating to create a series of positive dating experiences, if you have less at risk, let's say you meet some amazing guy, he's just amazing guy, you're going to be afraid of saying the wrong thing. You're going to be afraid of asking for more. You're going to be afraid of setting boundaries because you don't want to turn them off in any way. So one of the things is practice having relationships, applying these new skills in my books, Mars, Venus on a date, Mars, Venus starting, uh, Mars, Venus uh, beyond Mars and Venus really talks about our male side and our female side, really good to identify what stimulates masculine and feminine hormones. And then of course, men are from Mars. The dating books really, really good for this. And if you practice this, it takes time to practice it. You know, my daughter, Lauren, she's at my website, marsvenus.com. She's always telling me she does this six-week course, kind of a boot camp for women. And she says, Dad, it's amazing. These women don't do anything I ask them to do. They're too afraid to do it. <laughs> they just don't do it. Until, but then they have the support of people online saying, I tried it. It worked. It really worked. It's, it takes a risk to change your behavior, particularly if you're on a date with some amazing guy you're gonna go into old patterns of not being able to have successful relationship. So my suggestion to women, if you're alone and you wanna find your soulmate, don't go out with any man that you're sexually attracted to. That's the first thing. If you feel turned on to him, run the other direction. The next thing is go on dates with the men who pursue you that you're not like all excited about. You're not sexually turned on by them.
Anytime you're sexually turned on to a stranger, you're out of balance. Okay, just to know that. See, women's true authentic sexuality comes when they feel seen, heard, valued, cared about. Uh, they feel safe to open up emotionally, safe to open up mentally. Then when you're turned on, that's the right guy. If you're turned on right away to a guy, it's fantasy. It's the wrong guy. And that's how you know who's the wrong guy, the guy you're pursuing. If you're pursuing a guy, you're on your male side and you're desiring him. What you want to do is be in a place of, huh, I have a guy who wants to be with me more than I want to be with him. I'm not sexually turned on to him. So let me practice my, my, my skills. And what happens, this happens, is then suddenly you, you start doing these things, your estrogen levels will start to rise, and then you start getting turned on to them. They may not be the perfect person, but that's the whole thing is let go of trying to shop for the husband. Stop shopping for your soulmate, but shop right now in order to practice a whole new way of relating to men where in a sense, you're almost a dominatrix basically. He's serving you and you want that guy who's gonna serve you. And a lot of them will be wimps, it's true. But when you they're the easiest to practice your skills on. And a lot of these guys who, who don't have much testosterone, in the beginning, they'll be very friendly and nice and want to please you. And then they'll be needy. That's where you have to not get sucked into being his mother. You know, so many women say, I feel like I'm his mother. That's your fault. You paid attention to him. You asked him what he felt. You, you, you catered to him rather than show less interest in any of this, this needy behavior in a man, ignore him, and then ask what you want. It's kind of like dog training. Uh, you can learn a lot in dog training. Like uh, if a dog is, is uh, jumping up on you, don't say no, just ignore him. Just turn around and then turn back and say, sit and give him something to do and reward him for it. You see men bond by doing things and being rewarded. Now there's another dog training thing, which is you got to teach a man how to, the dog how to sit because that's where you're going to reward them. You give them a command and then you reward them and now their testosterone goes up and they bond with you more. So how do you get the dog to sit is you take the food and he's standing and you put it right over his head. So he's got to like, and you keep keeping it up until he finally sits and the food is over his head. <laughs> he's like this, you put the food in, you say, good dog. Okay, so you've got to create situations where he'll do what you want. And so you want to start out by getting the guy who's more interested in you than you're interested in him. But so then you know, when you like go on a date with a guy you don't like, you kind of like, just like, oh, okay, I'll try. But then you try to make yourself kind of like him, giving him a chance, but then it doesn't happen anyway, because at the beginning you kind of put this guy in the don't like list. <laughs> so, well, okay. That's, that, that's, that's a reality. Okay. Yeah. So what you do, see, if you don't have a high expectation, it's not such a bummer when you don't have the guy that you really, really like a lot. It should be a guy that's nice. Okay. Friendly guy, uh, that you could spend a nice evening with, uh, go somewhere with, he does some nice things for you. He's a bit of a gentleman and so forth. And you're not leading him on. You're giving him a chance to be with you and make you happy. So there's no pressure on you to do it again. It was nice, whatever, or you can enjoy practicing your skills with him. It, 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 it becomes a bummer when you feel stuck with somebody you don't like because they're not up to your standard. See, they're not, a, but if you don't expect them to be really, really great, it's not so, it's not a bummer evening. It's, 
And at the same time, there's people you just don't like. I'm not saying go out with those people. Oh, I don't, I don't like that at all. They're, they're, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're have the history, let's go. Everybody's a little different, okay. But if you're a woman and you have the history of getting all excited about men and then them not calling back, okay, or them not making a, a commitment, or they they turn out to be alcoholics, you know, just like is, <laughs> and you have a history of being excited by them and then being disappointed by them. What, what's happening here is you've been following your male side rather than your female side. And when you make the adjustment to come back to your female side, which is gonna be more receptive, ask what you want, reveal more of yourself in stages, not go right into all the excitement, that, then that's the shifting over to your female side is gonna be feel in the beginning a little boring. If you go from a high carbohydrate diet to, to like, um, ketogenic diet, it's very boring. Oh my God, because you're used to sugar and you're taking sugar out of your life. But actually, if you go over to the non-sugar diet after a while, it, you find you have a lot of, it feels really good. Although, you know, you want to go back to a nice balance of both. But so you have to work it through. In a sense, you're addicted to fantasy. You want to come back, get rid of the addiction by having a nice time, a nice time practicing your skills. These skills are tough. You know, being completely transparent, non-demanding, not trying to change somebody, letting a man know what you like to do, asking for what you want. Uh, then, then next skill is being more open about things that are not so positive about you. That's called intimacy. Sharing with him things about you that you don't share with the world. And what we've learned, the most important element of producing estrogen, at least one of them, is sharing emotions sharing emotions about your day, what's going on in your life or telling stories that bring up emotion. And then when he does the wrong thing, which is all men will try to tell you how you should think differently. <laughs> That's what we do. You say, no, no, you don't have to say anything. I just need you to listen. And sometimes I just need to talk about these things then I'll feel better. And you train him. You don't say shut up, but that's the bottom line. Stop talking. Don't talk. Don't talk. Just listen, just you listen. You can train the guy who you don't like, but the guy who you like, I don't think you can, right? <laughs> no, you can't because you don't have the confidence yet. That's why you That's why you start out with a guy that's not the perfect guy, but he should be likable, okay? But the, when you say the guy you like, what I'm hearing is the guy you'd like to be in a relationship with long-term or you think he has the potential, it's fantasy. You don't know what a person is until they know you. That's the dynamic of women. Okay, you don't know. It's just like you, you live in this fantasy space. You, why is it that men do porn? These are they do porn. They go from one woman to another woman to another woman because there's no real connection. They can't bond, and you can't bond either in a healthy way, unless a person sees who you truly are, and he won't bond with you. So it's a journey of saying, okay, I need to educate myself how to be fully authentic in a relationship without being a demand demanding bitch, okay? So it's just like, it, there's, a, there's an art to this. Because some women I say, you need to be yourself and they just say whatever they think, regardless of how the, it sounds to the other person. You have to be considerate. Uh, you have to have to use these buffers, uh, which is like, well, I hear what you're saying, that makes sense. Well, oh, you know, I just need to, you know, we don't have to agree on everything. You know, these kind of ideas are softeners as opposed to this sort of demandingness. And when you're on a date, you practice, there's other skills you have to practice, which is getting your mind out of the habit of expressing your complaints. 
So women are like, I don't like this. I don't like this. No, that's the, if you're already on the date, your job is to be happy with what you get, period. Focus on what's happy. And what happens is women who, who are too much on their male side, why does a woman go too much on her male side, bottom line? Culture pushes you there, but a big part of it is not feeling trusting that a man will be there for you. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the state of relationships today is so much divorce, so many single mothers, you grow up and you're a little girl and you don't have a father who's always there for you. So it's like, how can I trust a male if I didn't trust my father to be there and if my mother didn't trust the father to be there? So there's this place of, I can't trust, so I have to do it myself. I get two disappointments and see, I have to do it myself. I can't depend on somebody else. I'll just do it myself. And that's a, that's a groove in your brain that goes, that lives in a place, whether you're aware of it or not, I can't trust others to be there for me. So once again, find a guy who's gonna be there more for you and you don't have to be there for them and recognize that's what you need in your life right now. You know, if you recognize I need something it gives greater weight to wanting it. So why do you need a man? Women have to get to this. Often women go, oh, I don't need a man. I can do it all myself. Yeah, you can, <laughs> but <laughs> you're alone. So one of the reasons you need a man is what a man can provide for you. So, so you need companionship. You don't wanna to go to the movies alone. You don't wanna to go to the restaurants alone. Uh, you like going with your girlfriends, but it'd be nice to go with a man sometime. Be nice to have somebody open the door for you. Be nice to have a backup. It'd be nice to have somebody in your house when you're sleeping, you hear some noises to know you're not alone. It's nice to have a guy around uh, who can, uh, who actually appreciates how beautiful you are and, and wants to be with you and ignore, adore you. All those qualities. I mean, you don't want a peacock, okay? I'm telling you, there's so many movie star women that get these peacock men who look, you know, she's women are supposed to look at themselves in the mirror, okay? Look how beautiful I am today. Oh, this looks so great. I'm doing my eyebrows. I'm doing this. That's your thing. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Imagine you're with a guy and he's like, you're looking in the mirror at yourself and he's looking at the mirror himself. Yeah, look at me. Look at these are peacocks to get his hair done than you do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's like, it's so much wonder if I have a guy who's a little bit schlumpy. He's going to think you're the best, you know, look at what you need. You need somebody who thinks you're more beautiful. Somebody who thinks they're so lucky to be with you. Somebody who wants to do things for you and let yourself receive that and go, wow, this is really great. And it really is a, uh, there's always been a, a, a confusion. Uh, you know, when I'm in Beverly Hills and whatever, I always see these uh, kind of, uh, not such good looking guys with these stunningly good looking women. And you kind of think, why are they with those guys? Because those guys feel really lucky to be with her. <laughs> they, they worship her feet. He thinks she's so beautiful. The last thing she, she wants somebody to see that she's beautiful. So you never, you, and of course they all have money too. And that's another thing is don't go out with a guy who can't afford dinner for you. Just don't go out. That's it. He should pay for your dinner. He should pay for the date. Otherwise, what do you want to be with him for? It's just the point of view of male-female relationship is out in your work world, you can be misindependent, you can make money, you can achieve. That's just going to your male side. How to go to your female side? A relationship, a loving relationship, which is based upon a man who chooses to be selfless in your presence without being a wimp, without being needy about but he's selfless, he cares about you, he wants to do things for you, he feels lucky to be with you, he adores you, he thinks you're beautiful. All those qualities pump you up as a woman, help soften your femininity. 
as, a, as opposed to sort of a, a neutral person, you know, it, you want to find that polarity. Ultimately, long-term relationships occur where there can be lasting passion is when there's a polarity. And when I say that, I'm just talking about my marriage. <laughs> I don't know anybody. I, I've, had, I've had two different men's groups, three different men's groups, and the guys that are my age can't even get erections. I have an erection every day. Okay. It's just like, what is, it's the relationship skills to my partner. I'm like a King. Uh, and, and she's a goddess. Okay. There's no question about that. We can have that. And it gradually builds into that. It gradually builds into that. But if I was just to objectively look at it, it's not like she's like the most, uh, she could be a fashion model, for example. No, you know, I'll just put it in that context. She's beautiful. She's beautiful to me. And as we've aged, it doesn't matter. We have that bond. That's what everybody wants is not to be obsessed with, you know, having to be perfect, but to be perfect for each other. And that takes practice. That takes new skills. And, you know, if I look back to my parents, you know, in their age, they had a very loving, harmonious relationship, but they were not having sex in their 60s, okay, in their 50s, or even probably in their 40s. <laughs> uh, this is so common that couples get together within three to six years. And now even for the younger generation, it's even shorter. The sexual attraction disappears so quickly because there's confusion of masculinity and femininity. Uh, a man just can't stay turned on to an independent woman. He can't. He needs, he needs a vagina that's soft and wet for him. That's his comfort zone. He needs to go in there, but he has to earn his way in. She wants that too. Uh, it, it's, it's like we need to realize what it takes is beyond just doing what you feel like or what you think. You know, a lot of social engineering going on, all this crazy identity, identity politics in America is so foolish. If you look at America, crime's going up, divorce is going up, men think they're women, women think they're men. <laughs> so this is all self-hatred. And it's because we don't have the proper understanding of how as a man to do things that will generate the hormones of testosterone and for women to do things that will generate the hormones of estrogen. Because whenever you're stressed, that's the answer. And we're living in a state of chronic stress and lack of bonding between men and women. So newness will create passion in the beginning, but it goes away. Once the newness goes away, it's boring and flat. You've got to have polarity. It's got to be something different over there. And I want to go over there because I can't give that to myself. So you can massage your body. You can get naked and massage your body. It's a little healthy for your body to do a little massage every day on yourself, but it's not totally different when somebody's adoring you and massaging your body and warming you up. So you get to a whole nother space. And, and that's what relationships about. That's why you need a partner. Everybody needs love. And you know, except for outliers, there's always exceptions. I won't say I know everybody, but when you're heterosexual and you wanna be in a loving relationship today, people are wanting to feel that attraction for a lifetime and it's possible, but it takes the ideas in my book beyond Mars and Venus, which is helping women like you, very feminine, but way on your male side and how to come back to your female side. And a big part of that is emotional intelligence, okay? Which is learning how to process emotions first for yourself, can do it with a coach, but also then to be able to do it with a man, I mean, to cry to a man about something. Oh, just break his heart. He'll just want to be so sweet to you. It's a softness inside of women. And when women don't go there, they get these men who go there <laughs> and you just feel like you're their mother. So when women say to me, a man is, I get these emotionally unavailable men. 
I say to her every time she's emotionally unavailable. She needs to go into herself. But see, part of her mind is going, if he becomes vulnerable, then I'll feel safe to be vulnerable. No, you have to train him to make it safe for you to be vulnerable, which is don't say anything. I just want to talk for a little while about my emotions. And these are, these are powerful skills that I teach that can change people's lives when they start to become more emotionally intelligent. So that's just as important as gender intelligence. Gender intelligence is easier. It's a lifetime of emotional intelligence. You know, when you get to my age, everything makes you happy. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> but yet I didn't get that in my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> takes <That's> time <laughs> and where can all listeners find you your social handles all the information oh i just want people to know it's, it's at marsvenus.com we have a free course for single women one for single men one for women in relationship one for men in relationship it's free we get rave reviews i just want to encourage everybody to check that out and also uh, particularly women, check out my daughter's blogs. You know, she's in her 30s, an amazing relationship, better than mine. She's an amazing girl. Uh, she knows my stuff even better. You know, women really are smarter than men. So <laughs> I figured this stuff out, but she's she put on the finishing touches and speaks the language that women speak. And I think women will really love her blogs. We also have a course for women only called, uh, uh, Lauren teaches the women only courses. So that that's something they can go to the Mars Venus Academy for. And uh, we also have Mars Venus coaches and maybe you wanna become a Mars Venus coach. We have a one year training for Mars Venus coaching. That's uh, I think everybody should learn these gender insights as well as emotional intelligence. The world will be a better place. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've learned so much from this episode by listening to you and by listening to everything you're sharing with us. I'm just amazed by Mod and the quality of information you provided. <laughs> just thank you so much for being my guest. Oh, you're, you're such a, uh, I just, uh, thank you. You're welcome. And it was delightful to share these ideas with you and your smile is so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday to support the show tag NBB podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.